Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me again on Shock Your Potential, my little business podcast where we talk about everything to help you reach your professional potential. And of course, I'm your host, Michael Sherlock. So joining me today is Terry Lancaster. Now, I'm going to let him introduce himself in a minute, but I just wanted to read a few things from his bio. And Terry said he's not putting on his glasses, so I can't make him read, but I have to have my glasses on so I can read this. So here we go. Um, he talks, he helps people make more money. So we're going to talk about that because I know that'll interest you. But this is what really, you know, got me um, really excited about even more of our dialogue. He says, in my personal life, I've survived cancer. So congratulations. I've been inside a building that was hit by a tornado. I've been on board one boat that sank and two planes that I was sure were about to crash. I've had a gun held to my head and a knife to my throat. I lived through three teenage daughters, God bless you, been married over 30 years in a row to the same woman apparently. And, uh, <laughs> and then he says, when not battling for truth, justice in the American way, he spends most of his free time like every other middle-aged overweight native southerner at the ice rink playing hockey. You know, Terry, that is by far the best introduction I've ever had for any guest on my podcast ever. I cannot wait to talk to you. So thank you for joining me and welcome to our show. I appreciate you having me. Every, every single word of it's true. And, uh, and, and it's cancer. You know, it's scary, but uh, compared to three teenage daughters, it was a walk in the park, baby. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. And you still have your sanity. I'm just so impressed. <laughs> don't don't get all carried away and stuff. So, <laughs> Well, and I know before we're done, we'll have to talk about your books, too, because they are just, I love, I love the covers. I just love the topic. But let's start off by, you know, telling people, what do you do and how do you help people to shock their potential? Well, you summed it up. I help people make, I help salespeople specifically. I help salespeople make more money. And the way that I help them make more money is I help them make more friends. And by making more friends, they get more reviews, more referrals, more repeat business and uh, create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust them sometimes before they've ever even met them. And uh, we, I, I kind of get, try to get the salespeople outside of, of the sales bubble. My, the thing that shocks, shocks their potential is I, uh, I, I try to convince everyone that you're going to work better if you will quit working so hard. And that's such an uh, antithesis. I think that is how you pronounce that antithesis mm -hmm. to, uh, to the sales mantra of hustle and grind and, and 10 times this and harder, faster, smarter, and, 
and just ground it away. And, uh, you know, every analogy in the sales game is like a war game or a football field or the next inch. And uh, my, my, my shocking revelation is it's not that hard. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. If you get to know, like, and trust more people, you're going to sell more stuff. So let's just Absolutely. do that. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so true. And as you were talking, I was thinking I had this great conversation with somebody the other day. Um, and we were, it was, we were talking, she, I interviewed her for the podcast and then we were talking before. And, um, and she said, you know, when I was in sales that at that point in time, they were taught teaching us to cold call and that volume was the answer. And the more people you call, at least you have a greater chance of getting somebody. And I, I, and she goes, it never sat with me. And I started laughing. I said, I remember, cause that was, you know, what I was taught when I was first in sales. And I was like, no, that doesn't work for me. I don't want to try a hundred times and feel failure. Besides, I don't know who any of those people are. I want to connect with them and figure out whether or not they want to buy what I'm selling. That's the key word connection. I mean, Cold call is great. I mean, and it, it, it is a connection, but it's so far down, down the pyramid. It's, it's a way to connect. And that's what you have to do. You have to connect with more customers. You have to. That's the, that's the bottom line. Sales is a numbers game. You have to connect to more people. But there are other ways to do it. There are better ways to do it. And uh, you're, we're, we're, we're all intricately connected everywhere we go. There are people everywhere. And depending, I, I work a lot in the car business. Mm -hmm. and that's my that's my primary vertical that I train in. I work with automotive salespeople. And the beautiful thing about the car business is every human being you've ever met is going to buy a car. If you sell real estate, every human being you've ever met probably one day going to buy a house or get a mortgage. Every human being you've ever met has to have insurance. So depending on your vertical, the world is a target rich environment and you don't have to cold call people. You just have to go out into the big wide world and talk to people. But what that means for most salespeople is you have to quit being a jerk. You have to be nice and be likable and, uh, and, and, and actually be interested in human, other human beings and be interested mm -hmm. in them instead of just whatever it is you're trying to shove down their throat. It's interesting. So I didn't know you worked a lot with car uh, uh, people, car salespeople, because they get a bad rap, number yeah. one. Um, because, you know, the concept of the used car salesperson, and that's probably 1%, if not a half a percent, of all people who are in automobile automobile sales. But that gives us kind of this, you know, this mindset. But I do have to laugh because we, uh, you know, I live in Philadelphia and we have this, uh, a couple dealerships here where the, the uh, owners of the dealerships are still getting on and they are like, and you come here and you come here. So if anybody's watching the video, I'm like throwing my arms around. <laughs> you come here and I'll give you the best deal and don't go anywhere else. And there's all this arm movement, yeah. all this like, and I'm like, wow, that is not who I would ever go buy a car from. But there's another guy who, um, who owns like Jeep, Dodge, whatever. And his line is, I've always been your dealer. You just might not know it yet. And he's so like, I just want to hug this guy. I have no, uh, you know, I mean, I want to go meet him and hug him. Actually, I want to try and interview him for my podcast yeah. because he wants to clearly make a connection. Yeah. The funny thing is one of the top automotive salespersons, not dealership, automotive salespeople lives in Philadelphia, a guy by the name of Frank Renitti. Uh, works at a Honda store uh, just outside of Philly somewhere. I'm not, he's in the, he's in the Philly Metro. So he, mm -hmm. uh, the average car salesman sells about 10, 15 cars a month. Uh, Frank sells on average about a hundred cars a month. He sells more wow. on an average Saturday than the average car salesperson sells uh, all, all month long. 
and uh, wow. and he does it. I, I interviewed him on my podcast, and uh, he does it. He 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 just get, gives he uh, he gives them whatever they want, and uh, he he's been doing it for 15, 20 years. He said my office on a Saturday is like an episode of Cheers. Everybody walks in. Hey, Frank, how you doing? Hey, Norm, you know. So and it, and nice. he said I don't ha- I don't have to go out and, and and drag and beat people over the head. They call me. They ask how much the car costs. I tell them how much the car costs. If they want to come buy it, they come buy it. Uh, but uh, I, I do it by, you know, he's, he started his career by going out, you know, he, he come from the service industry, from the restaurant industry. And he said, I, I, I looked at it just like I was a bartender. If they, if they, if they wanted, uh, you know, a half and half, I gave them a half and half. If whatever they want, I give it to them. I'm there to please them. I'm there to serve them. And I come at it from a server's perspective. And the more you serve, the more you, be, you the more you lift up, the more you lift others up, the more you lift yourself Absolutely. up. Absolutely. I mean, what a fantastic perspective. And I, you know, I, um, I teach sales also, and I've run very large sales organizations. And it's always interesting to me when I talk to people in different professions and that they don't, you know, they would never categorize themselves as salespeople, but they say, oh, I could never do that. I hate mm-hmm. sales. And I love, I love it when people say that, because I'm like, really? So tell me what you do. Well, I'm a fundraising manager for a nonprofit. I'm like, you don't think you're in sales? No, (laughs) that's what I'm saying in my head. But I'm like, really? So tell me about that job until I ask him enough questions. And I'm like, wow, you realize you're in sales, don't you? Right. And they stop and they go, but sales isn't negative. It's not everybody, everybody's thing. in sales. We're all selling each other on something. Everybody, your kids are the greatest salesperson. My three teenage daughters, winner, winner, chicken dinner. They're the world champions, baby. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they, uh, you know, children are the best salesperson. Everyone is a salesperson because every person has, uh, has things that they want other human beings to do. And we have to yes. convince them. My wife wants me to take out the garbage. I want her to unload the dishwasher. We're negotiating all the time. Yes. Well, and even parents, I always say, you know, if you're a parent and you ever had to convince your sick child to take medicine, that's a sales process. You know, you're like, you're going to feel better. I, you know, it tastes like cherries, you know, you're, you're selling them, you're negotiating. Absolutely. And the more you can make that personal instead of force it at them, you know, say, I, I always talk about sales being kind of the, the culmination of what somebody wants what you've got, what they need and when it happens, you know, when they get what they want and or need. And that it's just a transaction. It's just the, it's just the movement to get somebody where they want. But if we assume that it's because we're trying to get them to buy something they don't want, well, then that isn't sales. That's coercion or that's force. So it's not, it's just, it takes so much away from the pure uh, basis of helping people get what they want ultimately. It's thievery. If you if you spend your days trying to talk people into giving you money for stuff that they don't want, that's theft, pure and simple. <laughs> your job yeah. is to find out what they want and find out the best way to give that to them and uh, and and get paid in the process. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, so now tell me. So you know, how do you? So you are a, like a speaker, a trainer. You're working with companies. So how do you help them through this process to shock their own potential? Well, first of all, they, they have they have to find their own potential. And my, my biggest revelation for me was uh, was 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 I have a I have a a college degree in English, and for thirty years I thought this English degree was a worthless piece of paper. I got out of college the day I got I, I got I got married the week after I graduated from college, started a new job the week after that, and went directly into sales and uh, put my English degree in a in, in a you know in a desk drawer and never thought about it. And suddenly, 
about five or six years ago, I realized that the sales world had been turned upside down. You know, for a thousand years, for 2000 years, for 10,000 years, probably if you were a salesperson, if you're selling anything, all you had to do was let people know that you were selling it and they had to come to you to find out about it. If you owned a, uh, if you owned a silk, uh, a silk stall selling the finest silk in a, in a, uh, in a Rome uh, marketplace, all you had to do is put out, put out beautiful silk out in front of the marketplace and people would come into a, come in to, to find out because they don't know anything about the silk. They don't know anything about the silk road. They don't know about the thread count. They don't know about the camels who gave up their life carrying this down there. They don't know nothing about nothing. And if they want to know anything, they have to come to you. And 20 years ago, if you owned a car dealership, all you had to do was park a car out front and go out and wave your arms and Hey, and do the things that you were saying. And if people wanted to buy a car, they had to come to you. Yes. Well, Google's turned all that upside down because they don't need you. They don't need you for that. Any information they want about whatever it is you're selling, it's at the click of a button. It's, it's, in, it's in the palm of their hand 24 hours a day. They have access to everything they could ever possibly know about you. They probably know more about your product than you do. They definitely know right. more about your competition than you do because they've been researching it. They know how much you pay. They know how much the other people are charging. They know how long it should last. They know what the warranty is. All they need you for is to, is to make it happen. And so right. if you're standing back, waving your arms, waiting for eager buyers to rush into you, you've missed the boat. Absolutely. So my, real, my realization is, is this English degree, this ability for me to tell a story is the most valuable concept in the world now, because the story you tell the world changes the world. And you can tell that story about yourself. You can tell that story about your product and you have to reach out earlier and tell their story so that you can be at the forefront when people decide to buy. Uh, yeah. and, and instead of being, instead of waiting at the end for them to decide they already want to buy whatever you're selling and come in and you give them the information, they're researching online all the information and you need to be there because if you're at the end, you're just another salesperson. You're a clerk, yeah. you know, facilitating a transaction. They've already decided what they're going to buy, what they're going to pay. You have so little control, so little influence. Whereas if you put yourself out there, your true authentic self telling your story, telling your product story, and you put it out earlier and more often and start connecting with people, not through cold calls, start connecting with them earlier in the transaction process, way before they even know they're a buyer. Right. You influence, you influence the transaction at every step along the way. And people who have a prior relationship with their salesperson, they are more likely to close. They close faster. More often, they close with a higher profit margin, and they're more likely to give you better reviews and more referrals and an unending steady stream of buyers forever. So the Absolutely. magic is the magic is getting there firstest, the firstest with the mostest. <laughs> the firstest, I like it. <laughs> As you were talking, I was thinking about, I was going back to my uh, days of waiting tables long, long ago. And one of the things that I was most proud of, uh, you know, when I was doing this is that I had the highest uh, dessert sales of any server in our whole like three restaurant chain. And, you know, so some, one day, you know, the, one of the managers is like, how, how do you do this? Why do you have these sales? And I went, I don't know. I really didn't think about it. So he started watching me apparently. And so the next table I went up to, and now I remember, because he afterward, he said, that was brilliant. And I was like, I didn't even think about it. But I knew that if, if I sold at least one dessert at every table, that my tip was going to be higher because people are tipping off the whole thing. And the desserts were, you know, like six, seven, eight bucks. So, you know, you want it, you want that extra 
you know, 80 cents yeah. uh, or, you know, a dollar or whatever. And uh, so I remember I, I had gone up to this table and I was like, they had all eaten, they were like four ladies and they'd all eaten salads and they all had iced tea. So it was lunchtime. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this is not going to work. But I walked up to the table and instead of saying, you know, is there anything else I can get you or whatever I said, or, you know, would you like dessert or see the dessert menu? I said, I kind of put my arm down on the table and I leaned in and I said, molten chocolate lava cake. And they're like, what? (laughs) And I said, so we start with this warm, dense chocolate cake. And when you put your fork into it, this melted chocolate just oozes out all over the plate. And then, so I went into this whole thing, you know, how we topped it with ice cream and we, you know, did the hand, you know, whipped whipped cream and, you know, just toasted the almonds. And they're like, yes, please, we'll have two. And, you know, like, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But I, I knew that just offering dessert or, or even, you know, asking if there's anything else that you want, it closes off options. But to your point, I wanted to tell a story, not just would you like dessert, but let me tell you what dessert is all about. Now you run a risk if they don't like chocolate, you know, you, you might, you might have uh, it come up, but if, if they're interested enough, they might say, well, we really don't like chocolate. I'm like, let me tell you about the Huckleberry tall cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as you engage, people lean in more. And even if they're still not ready to buy them, then you have left an impression. And that's, I think, to your point about how you get to not only the first sale, but repeat sales is we leave an impression with people. Well, you, you, two things you mentioned there, you tell a story, you have to tell a story. Human being thinks and story, think and stories. We're bombarded with facts and figures and 10,000 points of information everything, every, every day. Stories stick. Stories are what feed the bulldog. So you have to tell the story and you have to, you have to sell the sizzle, not the steak. Uh, and the other thing is you have to start conversations. Uh, you know, you, some, so many uh, marketers specifically, they, uh, they, 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 they're cramming facts and figures down or they, and they're, try, they're trying to leap ahead to the, uh, to the end phase. And uh, the whole point of everything that I do is just starting a conversation. If you can get a buyer to engage in a conversation, they don't even have to be a buyer. If you can get a human being Absolutely. to engage in a conversation with you, that's a chance for you to leave an impression. That's a chance for you to tell a story. That's a chance for you to stick in their mind to shock your potential because by becoming this thing, you mentioned my book, Bear is Better Self-Help for the Rest of Us. There's the cover. <laughs> the, um, you know, when, when my book came out, um, what shocked me was I, 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 I released the book really for, it's not a sales book. I released it for my own intents and purposes just to, uh, just because it's, it's something that I, I, I wanted out there. And I, uh, the book came out and I sold it, became a number one bestseller. I was, wow, that, that, that's the thing. And all of a sudden I started realizing that people that, uh, that I hadn't talked to before now wanted to talk to me. Um, I went to, uh, my, my, uh, I went to a Christmas party, family Christmas party. My cousin there, my cousin's a couple years younger than me. We used to eat dirt together, run around playing mud puddles, you know, all this. And my, uh, my cousin, who I've known, yeah, a normal childhood. My, 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 my cousin who I've known since birth, uh, all of a sudden wanted a copy of the book and wanted my autograph. Autograph. <laughs> Dude, you've seen me eat dirt. Why do you want my autograph? Because I wrote the book. Because now, now I'm the author guy. And the story mm-hmm. you tell the world changes your world. So you have to you have to tell the story. You have to connect with the human being. 
and you become a, this thing in their mind and you have the ability to control this idea of you. A lot of people talk about personal branding and I hate the term personal branding because that's like, it either reminds me of that you're a cow getting burned right on your rump or, uh, or, or, or you're a pack of cigarettes, you know, with a, with a logo and a, a, a trademark on it. But personal branding is really nothing more than, than reputation management. But we're not in charge of our reputation. Mm -hmm. Our reputation is what other people think about us. Our, yes. we, we have absolutely nothing to do with our reputation. It's 100% what other people think about us. So in order to have any kind of personal brand at all, you have to engage in conversations with other human beings to plant this seed in their mind of who you want them to think of you as that's your personal yeah. branding that that's your reputation and it all starts with uh with, with entering into a conversation yeah i i believe that this absolutely in fact i have a uh one of my video lessons that is in my app and it's called got brand mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's and it's really about the first question i say is what do people say about you behind your back and what do you want them to say and what is the gap that you're, what's the, you know, how are you going to create the bridge between what they're saying now and what you want them to say? And that's how you control your brand message. Because absolutely, you think you can control it. And I think there are different, there are different ways you can. You have to be able to say, I wonder what they're really saying behind my back and be comfortable if it's not exactly what you want it to be. Well, people are always saying stuff behind your back. And so you don't, don't, don't worry about that. All you can worry about is the story that you're putting out there, the, the tale that you're telling. And that's, that's the bridge, the bridge between who you are and who you want to be is the story you tell today to get you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, is there an incident in your life, like a professional lesson that really helped you to shock your own potential along the way? Well, it, it, I, th I think the, the, the book, the book was really the turning point in my life. And when, when the book came out, and it's been, you know, it's been four and a half years now since, since the book came out. And all of a sudden, I, I, I started seeing, you know, my, 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 uh, I, show, I started showing up on Google at, at, at different things. And, and that's the realization that I think that I can control that story, that I don't have to be this person or whoever I, whoever I thought I was or whoever everyone else thought I was. Um, you know, if, if I, I, was, I, I wrote the book because I was middle-aged, overweight, underachiever. And I decided that wasn't who I, I wanted to be anymore. So I started exercising and I quit drinking and I changed my story. And in the process of changing my story, I changed my life. The biggest, the, the biggest lesson from that is, is because again, uh, salespeople, alpha dogs and hustlers and 10 timers, and everyone wants to go for the gusto and, and, and crush the quota. And uh, the, the big turning point for me, and this is why I wrote the book, was because I realized I didn't have to be all of that. I didn't have to build a skyscraper. I didn't have to own an NBA team. All I had to be was better than the person I was yesterday. And if oh, I got I like a little bit better every day, my life could change in ways I wouldn't even begin to imagine. I didn't have to run a marathon. And that's why so many people, whether it's in their personal lives or whether it's in their sales lives, they get frustrated because they go out, they get a new job. They want to be the number one salesperson. They want to make, uh, you know, they want to make a couple hundred grand right out of the bat. Yeah. Uh, and and they, that's what they swing for. And they're looking at this distant thing. And two days later, when they wake up and that distant thing isn't anywhere closer than what it was, then they get frustrated. So quit looking at the distant thing, the what you want, the end result of what you want, and start concentrating on what you're doing right now, the habits that you're creating, the actions that you're taking, they're gonna make you a little bit better tomorrow. If you get a little bit better every day, 
the distant stuff will definitely take care of, care of itself. And it's such a great perspective. I really like that um, because that is, it's about the little small steps that we take. And I was thinking, you know, my uh, husband and I actually, um, right before, you know, we went into COVID lockdown, two weeks before I had started on a fitness with a fitness coach and she's 3000 miles away. But, you know, I was like, I finally had looked at some videotape of me in January and I'm like, oh my God, I got fat. I didn't even know when it happened. Like, when did this happen? And I was tired and I was, you know, whatever. So, you know, we started, you know, watching what we ate and we started working out more. And uh, actually I've lost 18 pounds. So I'm very happy with that. Um, yeah. But what uh, the other day I said to my husband, cause now it's hot in the summer. And I said, it's time that we get up 15 minutes earlier. And I want to get up 15 minutes earlier so that our run, cause we run on Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. I want to run when it's not so hot. And so that we did that all this week. And then I thought, well, I need to get up 15 more minutes early because I have a lot more to do now in my days. And I want to be done every day at five. That's one of my priorities. Unless it's business critical, I want to be done at five. And uh, so, well, to do that, I don't mind starting earlier. So I need to get up a little earlier. And it's amazing just the little incremental change of getting up 15 minutes or 30 minutes earlier, you know, 15 minutes and then another 15 minutes, that how much that impacts what you do and what you can achieve and how much better you are. So they are little changes can have a huge, uh, a big, um, what's the word I want to use when you, uh, incremental, it can have incremental wins for you with the, the start with the smallest type of change, as long as you keep adding a little bit more, doing a little bit more, getting a little better every day. All great, all great change is incremental change. If you if you mm-hmm. if you'd uh, decided you're going to wake up two hours earlier and run a marathon, you run a 10k every morning, that would have lasted about three days, and then you'd be done. I think it might have lasted half a day, because <laughs> <laughs> then I would have taken a nap and said, yeah. "Screw that, I'm not doing it again." Right. <laughs> so now, if you look, Terry, if you went back at any point in time and talked to the younger Terry and could tell him anything that would have either shocked his potential farther or faster or kept him on the exact same path that he was on, when would you go back to that younger Terry and what would you tell him? You know, um, I, I, I look at that and, and the honest answer is I, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, there's, I, I, wish, I wish lots of things had been different in my life, but everything in my life is what happened to get me to this place and I, uh, I rejoice in the way things are. Uh, my, 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 my go-to answer is I, I would go tell younger Terry to quit drinking 30 years earlier than Terry quit drinking. Um, ah, but, but, but the truth is, but, the, but the truth is the drink, uh, me drinking, I met my wife at, at a bar, you know, uh, 30 some odd, <laughs> 30 some odd years ago. And there, there's, there's the short girl. I'm going to go ask her to dance. So I'm going to, uh, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I Quitting drinking has been the, has been phenomenal for me. It's it's what stirred a lot of the process and get get me to where it's going. But the, the everything that happened before that, including the bad stuff, led me to this. So if if anything, I would I would just try to nudge myself into to continue doing two things that uh, that I was doing at the at, when a younger man before uh, in college. I spent a lot of time creating and I had a lot of friends and I was very well connected. Um, so I would continue to doing those instead of picking them up again later in life. And that's creating more content, creating, doing things, uh, and, and, um, 
and connecting with more people. I think those in, in this era where, uh, where, where the, I call it the, the Dow of Google, uh, when you, uh, you know, they, Google controls everything, you need to create content to feed the Google monster and you can need to connect people with start those conversations. So yeah. I, I, I didn't realize that 30 years ago. So I, if I'd have been creating and connecting for uh, 30 years, uh, the last 35 years, like I'd been doing for the last five years, I have no telling where I'd be, but more than anything, I'm, I'm, I'm just proud to be here today. So I wouldn't change it. Today. <laughs> I'm going to write down Google monster because I like that. That's a <laughs> note for me to, to keep with. And <laughs> so we're almost out of time and uh, we'll have all of your contact information on the show notes, but just in case somebody is too eager and they want to look you up, how do they find you? And give a please give us a, like a little bit of an overview about your book. So because it, it's great if you can't see the picture, um, definitely we'll have the link to it because you got to look it up. It's awesome. But you know, talk a little bit about how people find you and a little bit about the book, please. Well, two words: Google Monster. If you want to know anything, <laughs> if you want to know anything about Terry, Google Terry Lancaster. Google knows everything about me. I'm the most Googleable guy you know. I can never hide from the mafia because I ain't hiding from nobody. I gotta pay. I gotta pay all my bet bills now because I'm the easiest man to find. Google Terry Lancaster is gonna tell you exactly what I want you to know because I've trained uh-huh. Google to tell you that story. Um, if you specifically, uh, specifically salespeople in, in, that, that are paying attention, uh, if you'll just, uh, if you'll text the word Terry, text Terry to three three seven seven seven. That'll, uh, I'll, I'll get in touch with you. Then actually, that gets you, uh, gets you on into a program that I put together where I help salespeople produce, you know, a, a starter video about themselves. I'm, I have been producing starter videos for salespeople, 100% for free. All you got to do is text Terry to 33777. We'll get you in there and, and help you know, get you producing that first video to help you tell your story. And my story is this, uh, Better Self-Help for the Rest of Us. Uh, this was my first book, number one bestseller. And I wrote it, I uh, had an epiphany about, uh, probably been six or seven years now, someone asked, someone asked me, hey, how, how, how old is Garth Brooks? That's what we were talking about. How old is Garth Brooks? It was a friend of mine from Britain who had never heard of Garth Brooks and didn't realize he was, why he was such a big deal. And uh, how old is he? And I said, well, he's our age. He's, he's like 50. And it hit me, hit me like somebody punched me in the stomach. Boom. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. So uh, this has been several years ago. I was just shy of my 50th birthday. I was, uh, I was, I was overweight. I was out of shape. I couldn't run to the mailbox without, uh, without stopping to catch my breath. I was half a biscuit away from 300 pounds. And I decided to do something about it. And I started making myself better, a little bit better every day. And, uh, and along the way, I started blogging about it. And this is the book that came out of that, the changes that I made in my life from eating real food to exercising. You said you're, you're out running Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yep. yep. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, Bubba, uh, I'm, I'm like a Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. I started running on December 1st, 2014, uh, started running and I've ran every day since. Every single yeah, day. I have some friends like that too. Every yeah. single day, I've ran a mile uh, for the last 2,030 some odd days. Nice. I missed one day. I missed one, one day. day in there. <laughs> one day in there. So I'm, I'm, I've got I'm, I'm, I've got, I'm, 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 500 days. Um, uh, 500 days on my current streak. I ran 1,400 something, and I missed a day. And then I'm on 500 or something, but a little over 2,000 days altogether. I run. Wow. This this is the this is the story of of how that happens and how you can make those changes in there. And one of the chapters in the book, and this is how you and I uh, got connected uh, initially, 
was that uh, one of the chapters in the book is about training your brain because everyone knows they have to go to the gym. They have to, they have to exercise, they have to eat right. But very few people are talking about using meditation in order to make yourself better. And uh, so there's a chapter in the book about training your brain and convincing your brain to stop all the BS that's going on in it 90% of the time. And this is an amazing tool I've discovered for salespeople is if you can train your brain to be present, right here right now at all times that's the, that's the greatest sales tool you'll ever have because if you're sitting into the prospect right here right now and you're 100 percent present it, cha- it changes everything absolutely and you don't need to go buy that off the shelf it's already on your own shoulders <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah all, all i need to do is close my eyes and breathe there you go i love it terry this has been fantastic so uh before we go do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers uh, make more friends, sell more stuff. That's all it is. Just, just get out there, connect with people, be more human more often, uh, and keep spreading the love. You spread the love, everything else take care of itself. Be more human more often. Now that is an excellent quote. I love that. Thank you so much, Terry. It has been a pleasure. I look forward to staying in touch with you. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.